Okay, so this morning we are um, starting a new series, and uh, it's all about actually spiritual health. That's what we're going to be talking about, spiritual health. And I thought just take some time as we're entering into um, kind of a new season. The September is kind of like the beginning of the, the new year almost in the church world because we've, we've had our summer holidays. We're all back together, um, and we're, small groups are kicking off again. Peer groups are kicking off. All that stuff, it's getting going. And I thought what better thing to do than just reflect on what spiritual health is together, what it is, how do we get there, all of that. And that's at the individual level, as well as the community level. What's it mean to be a spiritually healthy church? And today's an introduction to that. So I wanted to, to talk a little bit about it in general, a little bit of you know, kind of how we're going to frame things. And I wonder what your relationship is like with health in general, like how you feel about health and physical health, all of that mental health, all those things. I, I know if I look back and think back, when I was a teenager, uh, physical health, I want to say it was physical health itself that was really important to me, but I think it was more just trying to get as, as big and muscular as possible. That was what I was trying to do. If I'm honest, it was like because I was hoping that might attract girls and that sort of thing. But uh, so I remember in high school, like a group of friends and I, we were all really into working out. And on our spare, you know, we, back then it, it was all the way to grade 13. And uh, so you had a spare every day. We had a pretty decent gym filled with weights and all that. So it was like me in the gym every day, you know, and we were working. We were, some guys were, you know, taking protein and all that stuff. We're just trying to get as big as possible. <laughs> so physical health was a big deal. Now, flash forward at age 40, got a different relationship to exercise and physical health. Now it's not so much about bulking up, but about keeping up the energy, <laughs> you know, keeping your head clear. It's more about cardio and stuff like that. And I realized just how important that is for my day-to-day -day routine, to go for a jog. I try and go for a jog um, almost every day kind of thing. Just get outside, get the fresh air, get the blood flowing, all that stuff. It gives me energy for the day. Um, so, yeah, I wonder kind of where you're at with all of that. And uh, what about spiritual health, though, right? When we, when we talk about physical health, it's a little more straightforward. Spiritual health... If you're like me and you're thinking about it, and you really, if you had to explain it, it gets kind of mysterious, I think, pretty quickly. It gets kind of, really, well, really spiritual <laughs> pretty quickly, and it's harder to explain. Um, I did, did a little bit of digging on Google just for fun, and I thought, well, let's, let's look at some uh, ideas that are out there on Google about all of this sort of thing. And First off, let's go to the World Health Organization. And they talk about health in general. And here's the definition of just health. Health is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being. So they got these three aspects, physical, your mental, your social. Um, and it says it's not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. So they're defining health. It's not just that you're lacking the disease and all that stuff, the harmful stuff, but there's a lot of goodness there. And they, they name those three, the, the three pillars. And uh, the physical health, I was looking a little bit, I don't have this one up on the screen, but in the medical news today, they say physical health, a person who has good physical health is likely to have bodily functions and processes working at their peak. Sounds really exciting there. You feeling healthy today? Yep. Bodily functions are at their peak today. <laughs> 
And, uh, but to hear those, and you can okay, we're starting to get in the range of health. Um, but again, spiritual health. I wonder, you know, what would that be? How will we describe spiritual health? I'm curious today, feel free to, you know, yell out, what would you add to a list of, you know, what it means to be spiritually healthy? If you're comfortable saying out loud today, just to get a feel for where people are at with this topic. What do you think you would add to a list of spiritual health? Any, any takers? Would you? Living the Christian faith, good, yeah. Good, I would include that on the list for sure. Faith, life. Content in all circumstances, that's good. Oh, okay. So, a tu- did you say a, a tour? A tour? A tour? Take a tour of Constance Bay? Well, I do that now. Take a tour of Constance Bay. We do have special Monday on Bay number one. It's called the Jug. Maybe the chair will get through all the Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> great. Any other thoughts? Spiritual health? This is great. Fruits of the Spirit, yeah. Mm-hmm. So things like kindness and gentleness, goodness, self-control. Good. Yeah, self-control. That's going to be a big theme. Good. Yeah. 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 Nature, feeling a connection to God through hiking nature, all of that. I agree. Good. That's, those are all awesome. This is, I love it when you realize that you're speaking to people who know more about the topic than you do. This is perfect. <laughs> we're, we're good to go here. But I, again, I thought, what the hey, let's do another Google search to see what Google has to say about spiritual health. And here's a couple that I came across. Um, one is from the, uh, the Journal of Medical Ethics, the History of Medicine. It says, I don't think I have this one. That's okay. So it says, spiritual health is about the connection with yourself. So there's a personal dimension. So there's like a connection, a harmony with yourself. A, a connection with others. So there's a social dimension. Connection with nature, with the environment. And a connection with God. So there's a, they call that the transcendental dimension. And a little more practical, I found one that came up on the first Google page with University of Iowa for their student wellness. Because a lot of schools now are really picking up on this idea that spiritual health is important for overall you know, well-being and that sort of thing. So they say, a basic foundation for spiritual wellness may be the sense that life is meaningful and you've found your place in it. And they say, the search for meaning and purpose in human existence, so you, that search for purpose leads you to strive for a state of harmony with yourself, with others, while working to balance your inner needs with the rest of the world. So I hear that it's, just, it's about meaning, it's about harmony, it's about balance with yourself, with others. So those are pretty good. Now, one thing I'll say, I don't know if this is discouraging or how to take it, but I went through about six pages of Google. You know how it says G-O-O-O-O, and there's got all these different spaces or pages with your search. And I couldn't find a Christian article on spiritual health. When I just said, what's the definition of spiritual health? I couldn't find a, a Christian page that was talking about it. 
Though I did find an atheist page that was talking about it. <laughs> Quora.com. It was an atheist talking about spiritual health from their perspective. So that tells me that maybe we could use clarity in that area. And as I've prepared for this, I realize even for myself, I could use more clarity in that area. Just, you know, what are we striving for when we're talking about spiritual health and, and how do we get there? Well, I've chosen the title of healthy and growing and full of love because that comes from Ephesians. So that's from Ephesians 4, 6, when Paul is talking about the health of the community. And as we're working together as Christ is the head, then we'll be healthy and growing and full of love. And I see in Ephesians a lot of gold for us to understand this topic. So what we're going to do through the series is we're going to follow through Ephesians together and we're going to mine it for, you know, what it means, what spiritual health is, what are the kind of the key things in it, and what we need to do to become spiritually healthy. And the million-dollar question there, actually, no, let, sorry, take one step back. What we're going to see there, just to give a preview, we're going to see that spiritual health very much relies upon uh, a good relationship with God, Spiritual health very much relies upon good relationships with each other. And it's all about transformation. It's all about becoming like Jesus, who is really our pillar, our model, our example of spiritual health. And it's all about the Spirit transforming us to become more and more like Jesus. And when I say those things, if you've been a Christian for a while, it's probably no surprise. Those things are probably things you would go to as well. They're almost self-evident. They're almost obviously true that this would be what it takes for spiritual health. But then the million-dollar question, that's what I was going to say a second ago, the million-dollar question is, how do we get there? How do we get there? What kind of things do we need to be doing on our part? Where's our responsibility lie in this? To, to get there, to becoming spiritually healthy. I mean, aspects of this are very much God's domain. God takes care of a lot of these details, thankfully, through the Holy Spirit. Um, but there is parts of this that are really practically our own uh, responsibility and that we do in partnership with God through the help of the Holy Spirit, but that we faithfully commit to doing. And that's something that I really hope that for all of us, uh, myself included, that we're kind of through this series become really clear on. What, what's the daily things that we need to do to, you know, achieve or however you want to put it, become spiritually healthy? So today, what I thought we would do, we're just going to read together and reflect on Ephesians uh, 3 to 8. I was, I was going to go all the way to 14, but just for time's sake, we're just going to go to 8. But I recommend, feel free to go home and read through that more than once, all the way from 1 to 14. It's one of those passages where just thinking upon it, meditating upon it, praying on it, there's so much amazing truth there. Because Paul is really, he's giving thanks for all that's ours because of Christ Jesus. So we're going to read that this morning. We're going to reflect a little bit on it. And then at the end, we're going to talk a little bit about how to get our minds around the practical side of this, one, one way that I've found helpful. So before we read it, just really quickly, um, Ephesians itself, just to give a little bit of context, 
it's a little bit different from some of Paul's other letters. So it's a little bit different from like Corinthians or Galatians or these ones. Because when you read it, it's not tackling a really specific situation. And actually, um, at this point, most scholars think that it wasn't written directly to the church in Ephesus. There's a lot of good reason to think that this was actually a letter that kind of circulated through various churches. And it was written for that purpose. So it's pretty general in its tone. It's talking a lot about, at the big picture, cosmic level, what's true because of Jesus, what is ours, the spiritual blessings that are ours because of Jesus, the big level. And then it's also talking really practically about in any community, here's what you need to do to flesh that out. Here's what you need to do to appropriate, to get in on those spiritual blessings so that your community becomes one that's filled with Christ, that's filled with the Spirit. Okay, so let's uh, read it together. Um, It was already read once. I like repetition (laughs) with Scripture, so I'm going to read it again with us. So it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. So that's Ephesians, sorry, verse 3, chapter 1, verse 3 to 8. So just in a little bit of time here, let's go through that uh, line for line to see what it teaches us about spiritual health. That first line there, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we were reunited, sorry, united with Christ. That, to me, right there, we're getting into that spiritual health territory. You talk about that. Every, God blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. It's available to everyone who are following Christ, everyone who are tr- placing their trust in Christ, this spiritual health, every blessing. And you see how it's this, there's this connection that's going on here. It's like it's flowing from heaven to us. And it's because of our unity with Christ. So something is very special about connection, unity with Christ in terms of spiritual health here and becoming spiritually healthy. And then it goes on. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. So that word there, holy, it's being set apart. It's like God, before he created everything, he chose that that humanity, there would be something special there, that we'd be able to have a special relationship with God, because holy there is also set apart, dedicated to God. That God chose before the beginning of, of time and all of that, that he wanted to do something special with humanity. And this idea that without fault, In his eyes, that's now signaling in Christ that's now possible 
for us and, and that we can have a new start. And then it goes on. So what, what are, now it starts getting into these spiritual blessings there. He's adopted us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. So this is getting into that connection with God, that, that reconciliation and unity and relationship with God. Because of Jesus, we've been brought into the family. We've been adopted into the family. And that there, I mean, that, uh, that word adoption, in kind of this context, it would have had probably even more meaning and significance because, you know, then it's all about citizenship. It's all about rights and privileges that come with citizenship. So if you were a Roman citizen, then that's a whole different reality than if you're not. Um, so to be adopted into a family that's got citizenship status, you, all of a sudden that's a, that's a life-changing thing for you. Suddenly, you're talking about blessings here, that you're talking about an inheritance here. You're talking about a whole new approach to things. So I think the idea here is adoption. You're taking that idea and then going much further with it, that we've been adopted into God's family. We've been adopted into the Heavenly Father's family. And it, then it will talk later, if you read on, about the inheritance that's ours because of that, the blessings that are ours because of that. And we think about those definitions before, we realize, okay, they were kind of on the right track. Harmony, balance, connection, all of that. Here, spiritual health is becoming part of God's family. And I love how it's kind of gushing with the goodness of God here as well throughout. It's saying that God did this. Not be, not, he didn't do it kind of um, like he was begrudging and he's like, oh, those humans, I guess I better help them. You know, It's more, no, like it was his good pleasure to do this. God wanted to do this. It, and it was because of his glorious grace. And it goes on in a moment to say that because of his kindness, because of his grace, all of that, it's just overflowing with God's love for us. That to me too is another crucial part of spiritual health, getting a good picture of God. All too often, I think, you know, we can get this picture of God as, as wanting us to feel guilty, wanting us to feel shame or, or bad about ourselves. And, and I'm, you know, I've grown up in the evangelical world, so I've been around for a while, and I know that we get a bit of a bad rap for that at times, where we tend to focus on that. So the message isn't so much about God's love, God's grace, God's kindness. It's more, it's a different message. And this, I think, is about is what it's all about, is, is coming to realize, coming to really with your heart, knowing that God loves you, that knowing that God wants to extend grace and kindness. And in a moment, we'll read forgiveness and these sorts of things. And then it becomes a real relationship with God. It's a mutual relationship. God loves us, and we are in turn learning to love God because he's so good. And then it goes on. <clears throat> And it goes on. He's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. This is another dimension to those spiritual blessings. It's another dimension to spiritual health. Freedom. 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 We weren't free 
before Jesus is the idea. Why weren't we free? The Bible talks a lot about captivity, captivity to evil, to the word sin there. Many of us are familiar with that word, but we were held captive to the, the, and even the, the domineering forces in this world that just want to hold us down. And so Jesus has purchased our freedom, made it possible that we could have a new life, free from those things. And the forgiveness of sins is ours as well. This is a total new start and total reconciliation with God that we're talking about here. And again, this passage is all about praising God for these things, giving thanks to God for these things. So that really speaks to, in response, our hearts filled with gladness, with thanksgiving. And the praise overflows. Again, emphasizing that relationship, a, a genuine, um, authentic relationship. So you go through those verses, and I think we're really starting to be able to get a nice picture of spiritual health there. A picture of spiritual health that really is founded upon a good relationship with God. Relationship with God that's clean slate, forgiven, we are totally restored into relationship with him. And it's a mutual love that's going on. And also freedom. Freedom from all that held us captive before. And freedom to live into a new life with God. That, to me, is starting to really help us to, to uh, put, I guess, some details to a picture of spiritual health. And in the coming weeks, we're going to fill that out even more as we go through Ephesians. It's going to really develop these themes, what it means to be free, what we're freed up in order to do. It's going to dig into our relationship with God. It's going to give, dig into how that should impact our relationship with others. And also, though, again, what we want to talk about, what we want to be clear on is just, you know, how do we get there, right? It's all well and good to say these things and, and to think about these things, but we really want to experience these things. We want to live into these things and live from these things. So with the last little bit of time, I just wanted to briefly give us a little bit of a, a framework, a picture of how to think about this, about think about this from a practical uh, standpoint. And I didn't, uh, I didn't make this up, so I want to give credit. This is from Dallas Willard and his book, The Spirit of the Disciplines, because I, I just feel like that, I'm going to be drawing from that book a bit. He's just got this way of making this really practical and of tying these analogies together, of, of pointing us to things that we get in order to help us understand maybe what we don't understand in, in the spiritual side of things. Um, but he does, he makes this analogy from nourishment, to talk about how we grow in terms of our spiritual health. And he, he goes into a lot more detail about how like plants gain nourishment, animals, and then humans and all that. I won't go into that detail. Um, if you want to talk about it afterwards, I'd be happy to. But he talks about the human, uh, like if we think about who we are as a person, who, what makes up me, we can talk about the different aspects of me. I've got a body, I've got a mind, I've got a spirit, that sort of thing. And when it comes to health, we know that our different aspects of who we are, you got, it needs nourishment. It needs sustenance. If you just kind of sit around, if you're thinking about your body, if you just sit around and do nothing and 
don't eat, don't drink, all of that, it's going to waste away, right? That's not good for it. You got to do things in order to bring health to your body. So you got to eat well, you got to get rest, you got to drink a lot of water, all that stuff in order to help your body thrive. Move to the, your mental health. And there, we are, I have science and all of that is helping us understand what it takes to have better mental health. And there it's interesting because you realize that the body is still there. It's not like we just kind of forget about the body and talk about mental health. We realize there's a real connection there. If you want to be, you know, clear mind and all of that, well, you need to still exercise. You got to eat the right things. There's a connection there. And vice versa, the mind really impact, can impact the health of the body. There's a lot of power in our mind. But then also, we talk about the mind, there's other things we need to do. If you want to, your mind to develop and grow and stay healthy, you got to have you got to do things to stimulate your mind. You can't just sit in front of the TV all day. <laughs> you know, you want to you learn. You want to engage in good relationships and, and these sorts of things, right? There's all types of activities we could talk about that help your mind. Well, Dallas Willard's point is, if we want to understand spiritual health, we just keep the logic going. We just keep making kind of similar connections here. Our spirit needs nourishment as well. Our spirit needs nourishment as well. And there's definitely, it's all interconnected. That's something I want to be a big theme. It's all interconnected because how our spirit's doing can impact our bodies. It can impact our minds and vice versa. How we're taking, like what we do with our body really plays into our spiritual life. Paul, and more than once you hear the body coming up, that we present ourselves, our bodies as spiritual sacrifices, Paul says. And then same thing with our mind. Our mental life very much is related to our spiritual life. But there's some really important things that we need to do to give nourishment to our spirit, to bring about spiritual health. There's things that will provide it the right nourishment, the right nutrients, the right sustenance, and all of that. And that's something that we want to get clear on. But Dallas Willard... Um, makes this point. He says, let me just get my spot again here. He says that uh, from a biblical perspective, there can be no doubt that it is the appropriate relation to the spiritual kingdom of God that is the missing nutriment, it's the missing nourishment in the human system. Without it, our life is left mutilated, stunted, weakened, and deformed in various stages of disintegration and corruption. So, we need that connection again to the kingdom in order to receive nutrients. We need to eat and drink from the kingdom in order to nourish our spirit and for the spirit to grow. We need that connection to the heavenly realms, as it talked about at the beginning of Ephesians, where all those blessings come from. We need to be united with Christ, and in that way, our spirit is nourished. And how do we do that? Um, I realize I'm going a little bit long today, but I just want to spell this out a little more. To me, this is so important. Um, how do we do that? Well, that's a big part of what we're going to focus on. But at the end of the day, the logic continues here. It's all about doing the right things, activities, not doing the right things in terms of being legalistic and all of that. But there's certain things that we need to do, activities that God asks us to do day by day, even moment by moment, 
that will align us, that will shape us, that will transform us so that we are more and more aligned with the kingdom of God, that more and more helps us to live into the relationship with God, live into that unity with God. To experience that new life, it's very important that we live into (laughs) that new life. So at the end of the day, it's kingdom activities that nourish our spirit and kingdom activities that help us to grow in our spiritual health. And these will involve our body, our mind, and our spirit. They involve all of us. So I hope that helps. I hope that helps a little bit, giving us a bit of an idea of maybe how to get our mind around this. If this doesn't work for you, that's fine. Throw it out. Find another analogy that works. But it really helps me, I think. You look, God uses things that we see around us to help us understand the spiritual. God uses kind of everyday examples to help us. We can understand how to feed the body. Make that, we can make that connection and nourish the body and make the body healthy. We can make that connection to the spiritual. Okay, so I'm going to stop there. <laughs> I'm going to stop there for now. And, uh, but obviously, we're going to be fleshing out what those kingdom activities are in the coming weeks. So to sum up, according to Ephesians 1, we're getting a good picture of spiritual health here. Relationship with God, real mutual relationship with God. It's all founded on that. And freedom, spiritual health, involves real freedom. Freedom from all that held, held us captive before. And the way to grow spiritually is by doing day by day, faithfully doing kingdom actions. And there we're talking in a broad sense because prayer, reading scripture would be included in those. But there's more as well that, that uh, we look to Jesus as his example to reveal to us. So just by way of finishing off, I just wanted to leave you with this because if you're like me, you think spiritual health. You think, okay, we've got the Holy Spirit. We're right relationship with God. So why does it seem like sometimes we're just not making progress, <laughs> you know? And why does it seem, I know in, in ministry I've really felt this as well. Sometimes you're thinking, okay, Paul says every spiritual blessing is available to me. The power of the resurrection is available to me. Why does it sometimes I just don't really feel that power? Why is it sometimes I just come up against something and I'm making mistakes where I'm like, I thought that I was done with that. I thought that, you know, we had moved on from that God. And you're like, why is it such a struggle sometimes? Why does it seem to take so long (laughs) to grow and to become spiritually healthy? And I wanted to leave us with uh, an analogy. Again, we're drawn from analogies today. And I heard this, um, I've heard this a few times. I can't remember the exact source. Um, But I want to just use the analogy of a a chicken, a chick hatching from an egg. Because I think this is helpful for us. Now, I'm not a farmer, so I can't say that I've seen this in detail, um, but so I'm going from what people have told me. I've visited, uh, you know, in Beamsville where I grew up, there was Fleming Chicks where we had, uh, it was a, a place where chicks were born and all that. I remember visiting that as a kid. That's about as far as I've gone. So I'm not an expert in this, so talk to the farmers. But what I've heard is that if you were there for a chick hatching from an egg, right? So they're moving into their new life outside of the egg. Everything's going to change. And you watch them, and you would realize, my goodness, there's a major struggle going on there. 
a struggle as they're trying to poke through the shell and get the pieces out of the way. They're struggling in there. It's all, they're all, uh, you know, they're all slimy and all that. It's slippery, and they just seem to have the, having the hardest time just trying to get out of the egg. And if you're watching it, the temptation would be to help, would be, because it'd be so easy for you just to peel away those pieces, just to carefully peel away the pieces and help them get out of the egg. And apparently, if you're really skilled, you can help just little bits. You can, the skilled farmer will know when they can help. But overall, apparently, it's quite dangerous for the chick to help them. Not just because you might injure them, but because of that struggle to get out of the shell, to get out of the egg. It's really important for their development. It's really important for preparing them for their new life. If they don't go through the struggle, then they're not, their muscles and all of that won't be prepared for what they're about to come up against in kind of the, their, their new life or what they're going to be able to do in their new life. They won't be prepared. And in fact, to help them would stunt their growth and would mean disaster for them in their new life. So I've heard, and I, I agree with this, that I feel like that's a really helpful analogy for us when we're like, why is it such a struggle right now? Why, why don't I just have it all? All those spiritual blessings, just give them to me right off the bat. Why is it that it seems to be long and hard? And I see that there. God is that skilled farmer who knows when to help and when to let us go through some difficult times. He knows when the struggle is going to help us, when the struggle is going to be transformative for us. Because the spiritual life, spiritual health, it's no joke. <laughs> spiritual health, it's serious. It's, it's the real deal here. We're becoming like Christ. Christ who, as we see in his example, he could love his enemies. He could go the extra mile. He was willing to put his life on the line out of love. How many of us are ready to do that just like that, <laughs> right? It's a process. And by trusting God, sometimes he will help us. Sometimes he will step in and help us. But if you're finding that you're like, where's the power of God? This is just kind of too much struggle for me. It might be that God, that very struggle is what's helping us move into the new life, that freedom, that better relationship with others, and all of that changing us into spiritual health. Okay, so let's, let's call up the, the worship band here. And uh, we'll just do a, a short, shortened version of our last song because I realize we've been a bit overtime today. It's just uh, one of those days where it's hard to know what not to say and what to say. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, so let's, uh, I'm just going to put on my guitar so I'm ready. And, uh, but why don't we just take a moment um, to pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, just, just thank you so much um, for, for the book of Ephesians and where we read about the spiritual blessings that are ours because of Jesus. Help us today now to, to start making a real uh, commitment together to, to read these words together through Ephesians. I pray it would soak in the picture of spiritual health that we get from it and help us to commit to doing our part in, in the partnership here 
doing our part to be faithful, to do the king, kinds of kingdom activities that you call us to, the kinds of kingdom activities we see in Jesus, so that we could really live into and grow and be nourished in our soul from your kingdom and in our relationship with you. Um, so it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray these things. Amen.